0: Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number thirty-eight. Welcome back, Adamantium I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, recording for you this intro today on a brisk minus thirty afternoon. That's right, minus thirty with the wind chill. If you are not in Toronto, it's like the only time I'll say this. Thank your lucky stars because it is an Arctic nut freezer out there. But that won't stop me from bringing you another fine episode of the Adamantium Podcast. As a lot of you might know, I am a pretty big pro wrestling fan. Pretty big might be an understatement. But yeah, love pro wrestling, have since I was young, took a few years off, you know, in the high school, university days, but then got right back into it. And uh, while actually while I was in Japan over the holidays, uh, I went to Wrestle Kingdom 13, which is basically Japan's version of Wrestlemania. 50,000 people in the Tokyo Dome. It was pretty crazy. Very cool experience. It was cool to watch it in a different culture because they do appreciate it in a kind of in a different light and a different aspect than we do. So that was a very cool experience. It's not the first time we've had a pro wrestler on the podcast. We've had the Canadian Destroyer Pete Williams on before. We've had WWE superstar Santino Marella and uh, today Another pro wrestling guest, it is veteran Canadian indie wrestler Tyson Dukes, and Tyson has been a pro wrestler for over 20 years working the Ontario indie wrestling scene. If you are familiar with Smash Wrestling, you'll definitely know who he is. Uh, he was also part of WWE's Cruiserweight Classic, and he's an occasional trainer down at the Performance Center in, uh, in Florida. Tyson also has his own pro wrestling school called Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory based out of London, Ontario. So if you're in the London area and you'd like to learn how to become a pro wrestler, check it out. Uh, I sat down with Tyson Dukes during the last Smash Wrestling event before the new year and we had lots to talk about, about the wrestling industry and his career, which I always love talking to wrestlers about their career because it takes a lot, a lot of dedication. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Uh, And if afterwards you are interested in seeing Tyson Dukes in action, you can do so this Sunday, January 27th at the Phoenix Concert Theatre in Toronto as Tyson Dukes defends his tag team titles against Halal Beefcake at Smash Wrestling's event Any Given Sunday number 7. Bell time is at 3 p.m., which gives you plenty of time to get home and watch the Royal Rumble afterwards. And you might just catch the Adamantium himself there. And if you do see me, then definitely come say hello. I'd love to meet you. But enough from me for now. Let's meet Tyson Dukes. But quickly before we do, just a reminder, if you are listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and a review. You can also follow the Adamantium on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching the Adamantium. And that's it. So here we go, episode number 38, featuring Tyson Dukes exclusively on the Adamantium podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone, and we'll see you on Sunday. And Tyson, thanks for coming on our show. Hey, anytime on our podcast. And uh, so, tell us, tell us, we're here at a Smash Wrestling event. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's
1: open up. Tell us uh, what your matchup is tonight. Matchup tonight is a six-man tag. So it's the Kevin Bennett experience, or as they're known, uh, the Kevin Halal Beefcake experience. I guess <laughs> now. Is the team we're facing, uh, okay. Kevin Bennett, one of the most talented kids on the planet right now, Idris Abraham, who is a former student of mine, as well as Joe Coleman, both former students, uh, tremendous tag team against me, Tyson Dukes, Tarek, and Brent Banks. Okay. Yeah. And, but those guys are also local. Yeah, local they're, those are Toronto boys. Kind of local legends. Yeah, yes, without a doubt. Talik, is he still...
0: Champion. He's champ. He's yeah. champ.
1: We hold all belts here.
0: Do you have any uh, pre-match rituals?
1: Uh, yes, I got. I got a ton. I'm very. Um OCD with a lot of things, so a lot of things have to be done before I wrestle. And okay. then if I don't do them, and I say I show up to a show late and I can't do it, I kind of go a little squirrely, a little weird. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I always cut my nails. It's a very, the first thing I do is always trim my nails, okay. and it's always before a show. Interesting. Just because, like, uh, it's an amateur wrestling background. You have to have okay. super short nails. You don't want to scratch anybody. Um, and it's also rules of wrestling, right? You, like, a lot of the kids don't know this, but, like, if you're going to take this stuff to the level that it was, where it comes from, from the grassroots, it's, yeah. it's wrestling, right? Yeah. So, uh, nails are always trimmed. I always uh, floss and brush my teeth um, probably 10 minutes prior to the... Going out there and okay. stuff like that. No, just, just little things like that. Things. Yeah, okay. yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I noticed the beard's gone. The beard's gone. Okay. No, Is the beard's there gone. Reason for that, or uh, my wife? Or? No, my wife wants holiday, Christmas type pictures right. to look okay. kind of good, and she's right, she. Right. I wanted to go bald, and then she said no, and then uh, she said uh, you got the beard. Um, that's enough. And I decided well, maybe if I shave my beard, she'll let me shave my head. But yeah. I got the no-go on that.
0: Most, I mean, most, some, a lot of people would, would kill to still have hair. So.
1: Right. That's that's, <laughs> that's the argument I get all the time. And yeah. plus, uh, like I'm just – I'm always looking like a hooligan. So <laughs> I guess she just kind of wants to put that stuff away. Can, can you tame colors. down a bit? Yeah. Right, right. That's nice. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the uh, –
0: maybe for because this isn't like a wrestling exclusive podcast. Right. Tell us a little bit about like the Tyson Duke story. So, I mean, you, I read that you grew up in actually New Brunswick.
1: Yeah. I'm a New Brunswick kid. Yeah. Did you move to Ontario specifically for wrestling? Just for wrestling. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And so you started in, I read it was 97. Yeah. Or 18 years old. Like, yeah. That's right yeah. in the heart of the attitude era.
1: Yeah. Basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So tell me
0: about like your, what was your first experience of Tell me your first experience on, like, when you first. Do you remember the first time you watched pro wrestling? Or
1: yeah, I uh, the first the first experience with pro wrestling has always been uh, a coloring book. I've always had the story about uh, my okay. mom bringing me home this sixty cent comic book, because we were, like, I didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have money growing up. Like, it was a farm kid. My dad was a truck driver. We lived on a farm. It was kind of uh, one of those situations where, like, life was really super simple, and Mm -hmm. we never got much. Only Christmas time, they'd always splurge. But, um, yeah, she brought me home one day. It was, uh, I think it was in the summertime. She brought me home this coloring book, and it was the Rock and Wrestling Color okay. Yeah, so did Hulk Hogan and Himbilly Jim, and all these guys. Okay. larger-than-life characters and stuff, and I had no idea. I, like, yeah. I was maybe six. Wow. Had no idea what this was. It's and, like, cool. this is one of these things, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Are these people real? <laughs> like, yeah, right. And then it just, tra- like, it just went from there. And then eventually um, there was a program uh, back in the day. Uh, there was WWF, which I finally found. Like, we didn't have cable, so eventually when right. we – Got to the point where we could watch it. Like I was like, we're like eight. And then we uh, were able to watch um, WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. And then there was this thing called Wrestling Plus. Okay. A lot of people don't remember this because this is a long time okay. ago. But this program was Wrestling Plus, and t- they took from all the territories, NWA, Stampede Wrestling, WWF, all these places, and featured a match every week. Uh, from this this program. Mm-hmm. And it would just explain who these guys were. And then they'd show you the match. Okay. And I remember watching the NWA Tag Tournament and watching Team Canada being Leo Burke and Chris Benoit against uh, Mr. Saito and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Okay. And uh, the moment that Benoit and Liger got in the ring, I was blown away. Yeah. Blown away. That was the first time I was like, What? Is this? Yeah, you know they're not. They're not just yelling at the crowd. They're not right. Yay, booing so much. Like they're these guys are like intense human Mm -hmm. beings. And uh, from then on, it was just, that was it. And what age, is that when you decided? Yeah, uh, to yeah, you know why? It's just one of those things. It's like you always keep it in the back of your head. It's like, uh, I may have to get a real job one day, but it, man, I want to be a wrestler. To do this. I want to be a wrestler. So when did, you, when did you move to Ontario? I moved here when I was 18. I moved up as soon as I graduated and... Uh, hemmed and hawed nice. over the yeah. idea of what I was going to do next. You um, think you're
0: nuts back in New Brunswick? Oh, yes,
1: yeah. without a doubt. My yeah. whole family is a very Christian-based, super small town, like right. a small town of maybe a hundred people in this little community, this little village, yeah, yeah. half an hour away from an actual town that has anything, right, right. Um, that kind of deal. And um, yeah, this is all I wanted to do. And uh, they're like, what are you doing? You know, well, we'll see in about two weeks. Right, we'll right. See what you do. And so then, you come to Ontario. Yes. And then, like, from there, what, like Just did went, you know where to go? You no, know, you- well, I, you know what? There was this little crazy invention when I was about 16, <laughs> 17 years old that came along. It was called the World Wide Web, and I had never heard. They right. started teaching us in grade 12 about the Internet and all yeah. the wonders of which it was. And so that dates me real bad, doesn't that? That makes me show. I'm some actually surprised.
0: No, I'm actually surprised because I remember when when I first used the internet. Yeah. And I wasn't much. I wasn't much younger than that. Really? But no, I mean you you got about ten years on me. But, right. But I remember first using maybe around like twelve. Yeah. Something. So. so that's about so right. You were, pretty, you were an early adapter.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Because they brought it to the school and I'm like yeah. this is a, this is a new thing. And I just went on one night, and I, I wanted to wrestle. So was not, is there a pro wrestling school? And I mm-hmm. looked for it, and I found one in that was Hart Brothers School of Wrestling. There was not a Hart to be found right. at this school. There was no Bret Hart. There was right. no Owen Hart. But there was no Chris Benoit, which they claim there was. But there was a Smith Hart, which is the oldest right. brother, right? And he was in, he was there maybe a couple days and then took off when I got there. Okay. So I went to the Hart Brothers School of Wrestling in Cambridge, Ontario. Was that,
0: where, where's that, in Windsor or? Cambridge. Cambridge.
1: Yeah, Canada. Cambridge. Very nice. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Um, so when you first started your
1: career as a pro mm. wrestler, I imagine you had to have a few day jobs as well. I Do you remember? specifically remember almost starving to death because okay. I had a little bit of money saved up and I went to school and I wasn't allowed to have a job. I was supposed okay. to wait hand on foot on these people right. that own the school. And they were like terrible human beings, <laughs> the ones that run it. And yeah. then they would just try to abuse you as much as possible, both um, like mo- mostly mentally and wanted to work you to death and stuff like okay. that. So whatever project they wanted you to do, you had to do that project. Gotcha. And okay. if you, they wanted you to work, I used to work for places – which is so weird. I used to work for people, and then um, they would take the money. Right. It's like a weird system. Yeah. Of like uh, they just had these arrangements. This is the wrestling school. Yeah, wow. yeah. Where I'd work all day and then come back and train at night and not not see a dime, not be fed, nothing. Which, just have starving's
0: bored. a very ironic thing because you have to be eating to be. You have to be <laughs> eating, wrestling. yes,
1: to recover just for yeah. recovery alone. Yeah. Yeah. I started wrestling school. because so I was a big thick. Farm kid used to lift a lot of wood and hay and stuff like that. So, you I was a, had a
0: bit of weight behind you. I was a
1: big boy. I was yeah. big. I was over 200 pounds. And then when I left wrestling school, because I finally had had enough, I left wrestling school and I weighed 145. Wow. Yeah. So, you went down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just 145. 145. That's less than me. <laughs> I w- w- didn't need anything.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow, man. I, I had a.
0: I had a very brief stint at at battle arts. Oh wow! Okay. School. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but I always I've been playing soccer since I was five years old, mm-hmm. which is like exactly counterintuitive to wrestling God because is. I couldn't I, I can't put on like I couldn't put on any weight. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so when did you learn? Because indie indie wrestling is as an independent wrestler, like, mm-hmm. Tyson Dukes is not only a person; he's a brand. Mm-hmm. Business. Yep. When did you start to learn the business aspect of the business? Mm. You know, like when, you know, I'm sure, you, you know, there's that classic story. You probably wrestled a few matches for 20 bucks a pop, you know? And, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what? The best The The best example I can give of turning it into a business is uh, two people really enlightened me. And this is, I was a late bloomer in that because I've always been an, an artist when it comes to yeah. pro wrestling. I've always wanted to uh, have gear that looked great and I always wanted to look good and I always wanted my matches to be great and, uh, more than just crazy stuff. But like people could think about it like, Oh, why did he do that? Oh, it's because of this, Mm -hmm. right? I wanted reasons. I wanted like it to make sense and make it a real story form art, right? I never really got into the business aspect of it till my 30s until Cody Diener, who's another household name in Ontario, okay. and Rhino. I used to yes, travel yeah. with Rhino. After his, uh, WWE, his first run with WWE, and he was on the independents for a lot of years, uh, we used to go together show after show after show, and he yeah. used to teach me about... Uh, you know, always, always know the price, always know what you're making, always know how much it costs to get there. Right. like a lot of people have cash in hand. They think I got money. Let's go spend it. He says, no, well, think about the food that you buy. Think about the fuel that you spent. Think about all these things and then weigh out how much money you have. So Rhino is a huge, huge part of my development business-wise as a business business guy. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I wish I had him earlier. I honestly wish I had him a few years earlier because I wouldn't – like I'm comfortable now in my my 40s. Like I just turned 40. I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. now. But my God, like I could have like in my late 20s. Yeah. I could have been comfortable, right? But just you well, never it's, think it's you never think the money's ever gonna uh, go away. Yeah, you never think that you're ever gonna get hurt, right? And you never think that because just because you spent the money to get there, like uh, you put it on your debit or you put it on your credit card, you think that money just seems to disappear? It doesn't disappear. You still yeah. owe all the money back, right? So it's just one of those things. one yeah. well, cash in hand is a dangerous game.
0: Yeah, and injuries are. I mean, that's I mean that's got to be. For a wrestler, an injury is like a death sentence. You know, all the like, time. Uh, yeah,
1: if you can't perform, you can't make money. Yeah. You can't eat. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So what? What do you do? What have you done? Like, have you ever had any real bad injuries that kept you off? I, I think you had a knee. Spinning.
1: Yeah, I blew out my knee on yeah. uh, WWE TV. Wow. Blew my knee out, and then that was just the worst year of life because in your head, in people's heads, people are very egotistical, and I'm not saying that in a negative connotation i'm not saying that we're negative or we're egotistical we're just egotistical uh people by nature like you think about us so um when somebody like the the best example is when someone passes away because everybody's had somebody in their life pass away yeah Especially now in this day and age, you've got social media. So um, when someone passes away and you are struck with grief yeah. and you look online, everybody's life still continues. Yeah. And there's a yeah. part of you for a, like a, even, even for a brief minute. Mm-hmm. Things. Why are these people acting Still this way? Their life. Yeah. Why are they living when lost. I'm going through what? Like I lost somebody. Yeah. So it's the same as pro wrestling. So when I blew up my knee, the business, uh, went, on. The business went on and it it flourished and it did its thing. And then nobody thought second, yeah. like, oh, I wonder how Tyson's doing. Right. Nobody. <laughs> right. There's only like honestly, there's only been a handful of people which I hold in. Uh, great regard because they actually did phone and they did actually like how I was doing like Tommy Dreamer be one of those guys that as soon as I was hurt uh, messaged me as soon as I was hurt messaged and said are you okay and stuff like that and he followed me throughout the healing and recovery process so what do you do
0: with yourself for a year you know you're recovering but what are you doing so I'm you like. You I'm know what like, I'm doing
1: is I'm like we're like losing money.
0: Yeah.
1: Like daily, money's yeah. going out. We had a house at the time, me and my ex-wife. We had two small boys. Yeah. And uh, the money was just one was four, one was two. We got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> okay. We got kids to feed, and it's me at home and her working is yeah. what it was yeah. basically. And then every once in a while, guys would throw me a bone and say, just come agent or come, you know, look after the back and we'll right, give you a right, little right. bit, but just no, i like, there's no money. Right. You know what I mean? I had to go back work earlier than I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, doing physical labor just to pay bills. Like yeah. you just, you have no other option, you know?
0: And is that, I don't like, I don't, is that the same? Like if guys say at the WWE,
1: like they now, nowadays, no, nowadays, no. Well, of different nowadays. Yeah. Yes, Almost very much. So. Like that, I'm sure. No, my God, yeah. back in the day, like back years ago. So when I started, so say, uh, maybe ten years before me, it was a hundred times worse. As soon right. as you're hurt, you're you're done. Right? You better save yeah. your money. Yeah. You have better had something pocketed away, yeah. or you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Because they're not going to take care of you. Right. And nowadays, nowadays, like the the kids that go to the NXT and performance center, like these are uh, a lot of these guys aren't independent wrestlers. They're professionals that they've taken out of their profession and brought them into the world of professional wrestling. So they know nothing but the physical trainers and... Uh, physiotherapist and uh, time off and getting paid while they're on time off and making sure that somebody's watching over them and making sure their diet's good and all Mm -hmm. this stuff where and they have people there to work with these people have no idea what it's like to be because they wouldn't do it Right. right if they were if they didn't do what they did years ago being an olympic athlete or whatever right there is no way if they had an interest in pro wrestling and they got hurt, there would be no way they would right. still be here because yeah. it weeds out the week really quick, mm-hmm. real quick.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's a good segue kind of into the next question I had. And that's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> you can see just from watching something like WWE, how it's adapted with modern times. Yes. Very well. Very yeah, well. very much so. And society and everything like that. And the indies have really come a long way mm-hmm. also. Do you have, you know, maybe this is an impossible question, but do you have any thoughts on what you think
1: independent wrestling might look like in the future? Ways it can still adapt, or you know what, I don't, I don't think it will, because uh, it will continue to be as it is, as an independent mm-hmm. agent, right? It's right. your own, your, it's your own public, it's your own little business, right? It's basically what an independent is. It's like mm-hmm. a rock band. Rock bands haven't changed since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. They do small little bar shows they do these tiny little shows all in the hopes of like getting something getting bigger yep. yep and it's the same with pro wrestling it's the same yep. in this area of now uh, the the tide that we live on now the high tide uh, which is it is is a wave yeah the high tide right now is tremendous like you yeah. can be at you could be in Quebec City and that could have a thousand people in the right. crowd yeah which is unfathomable with no talent, like no big name yeah, talent yeah but um, that being said, like we're, we're, we're due, not right now, I'm not saying the end, the end is nigh, but we're due for a good low swing where I it starts so, to yeah. come out of social media graces and right. stuff like that, where okay. they go on to something else.
0: But I, I think, at least recently, it's been kind of nice for independent... I, it's I, awesome. I had, I had uh, Petey Williams yes. on back in April, and he told me he was, in fact, more content... Working TNA in the independence yes. because he doesn't have to have the crazy travel schedule. You know, he's got a family. Yes, and stuff he doesn't have to have the crazy schedule that you would get in
1: a WWE. right. It's not only that. It's not only that, but he has the freedom to uh, create the kind of art that he wants to create as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a big. That's a that's huge. A for too. a lot of guys, that's a huge issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I guess once you sign that contract... Once
1: you sign that contract, you belong to them. So, like, you can shoot out ideas and you can have great ideas and they might roll with it because they got the greatest production in the world and talented human beings. Mm -hmm. But if they say, like, uh, you're going to be the second big boss man and you know in your head, like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Like, there's already been... This is just going to flop. You have no choice. You can kind of suggest, but really, you're just the cop.
0: Right, of course. Um... And last year, or twenty seventeen,
1: mm-hmm. I believe you opened your own wrestling school. Right? Yes. So how did um, how did this idea come about? How did you get things rolling with that? And- always. I'm, now I've always wanted to do the training That's aspect. On, yeah. yeah. i always wanted to, and I know that uh, with my career being in my forties, like I don't plan on ever slowing down or stopping, but I feel mm-hmm. as though there has to be mental uh, preparation for the next. Next thing, And I've had guys that have been close friends in this business leave this business completely. Right. And, and like you can see, you can see in their day-to-day lives, you can see through their social media or whatever. You can see that all they want to do is this. Mm-hmm. But then now they're too old, they're too broken, they're too yes. whatever. Yeah. So this isn't an option anymore. So my feeling was when I started is I always had a a passion for teaching, always had a passion to uh, help the next generation. I take real pride in hoping that my guys go further than anybody and do really, really well, even surpass me in many, many ways. I hope for all these things, but uh, a small uh, part of me, the selfish part of me just can't give this up. Right. So my 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 whole role in wrestling, I just can't give it up. Mm-hmm. So I have to find uh, ways of being in my line of work without, yeah, without taking the crazy travels, without taking the crazy uh, moves, all this stuff. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: eventually, I'm not going to be able to do it. And yeah. uh, sad, but, sad, but true. Cool. Sad, but true. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, what what kind of did you have like a style in, in mind when you, when you started the school and like, do you teach the, the kids a, a specific style or?
1: Oh, uh, well I try to uh, now because I come from an old school f- uh, background and a okay. flavor. And I know that I take it from a strategic standpoint. I know that these kids are going to go along with business and learn the new evolved style anyways. Right. So I'm going to, uh, Dump as much fundamentals, mm-hmm. and more psychology, and more of this stuff, and a harder style, and a more aggressive, realistic style. I'm going to grind them that into them early, mm-hmm. so that when they go on and they evolve and they get better and they do other promotions and they don't come to me anymore, and they evolve a little bit and they have a little bit left of that yeah. because the the lo- as the, the
0: foundation. Yeah. The
1: foundation, because unfortunately we're it's a lost art. Pro right. wrestling is a lost art. We're just mm-hmm. we and it evolves and like these new kids will say we're evolving and you're just stuck in the past no there's a reason why wrestling still exists is because of a tradition that we've built Mm -hmm. Right, And so I, I'm not telling them to do yay booze for 10 minutes. I'm right. not telling them to grab a chin lock for 10 minutes. I'm asking them to uh, make sense of what they're doing. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why? Mm-hmm. You're not just flipping for the sake of doing a flip. Why are you doing this flip? So I, I start with the kids early. I try to get them to be mentally prepared as possible because when they evolve, then they're, I think that they would be mm-hmm. the best they yeah. can be.
0: I think that's yeah, and it was the same same. It was the same theory that that battle arts had. Right, they had that the battle arts style they brought over from Japan. Yes, they wanted to nail that into them. Yeah, before they go anywhere, before it's you know, before they this is awesome. So,
1: yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. So, yeah. yes, very cool.
0: And actually, you speaking of, of being a trainer, you um, I think I saw just a couple months ago you got called up to do it be a guest yes. trainer at uh, the performance center. Yes. So what was that experience like? Had you been there before? Or?
1: I no, I've been there quite a few times, not in the coaching uh, aspect That's of it. Right. But as a talent, I've worked with them. I did both uh, the NXT performance center trial. I've done that and I've also gone back and I've done uh, the Cruiserweight Classic. So I was yes, part of yeah. the 205 for their tournament. So I've been there down there uh, quite a few times, right? Mm-hmm. And this time was to special guest coach. So guest coach for the week, the idea was they need fundamental coaches. They got a lot of new people that they're pulling from a lot of different countries. And they wanted uh, to see if I would gel well with uh, their staff and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Because uh, they know as well as everybody knows if they're uh, if you're study wrestling, they know that my fundamentals are probably one of the better, yeah. more top-notch, like I can hang with most guys. And I'm not um, egotistical about it. I don't feel as though I have an ego about it, but like, like I know I'm confident that I can stand beside a Norman Smiley or a Fifth Finley right. and I can have an actual educated conversation of why things are done the way they're mm-hmm. done. And I've learned enough in my tenure of 21 years at this crazy game to know – how things are done. So like when I start like, and I give a little fresh, I guess you give fresh eyes on it, right? Mm-hmm. Norman Smiley's their fundamentals coach. He starts out with them and I was a part of his class for the the weekend. It was just a really nice experience because I think he could see, I could see a lot of stuff that I wouldn't use that is very UK style. Okay. Yeah. And it was really neat to see. And I, I've implemented some of it and I worked with Terry Taylor, who's uh, I always call uh, one of my head trainers. He's mm-hmm. a guy that really shot my career in a different way in a different mindset and Terry still did it again he blew my blew my mind he blew my mind again like we're just
0: so it's even things you're still learning
1: still I like if you if you learn everything in this business just get out because what's the right. sense of doing it well, it's
0: in anything. you in want to learn business. Yeah. you
1: constantly want to learn you always yeah. want to progress and Terry uh, just threw some super basic stuff and he was working with the advanced class. He asked me to be a part of it and just blew my mind. And I like, I came home and I used it immediately. Yeah. As soon as I had the next show, I used it and it worked. And I'm like, I had a message. I'm like, you are the, ma- still, the man. <laughs> you know, he still got me. Yeah. So, um, that being said, uh, yeah, fundamentals coach, um, it was a great week. I loved it. I like, I love working there. I will be back in the new year. We don't know cool. when. Yeah. We're just we're so waiting this on that. something
0: that, that you proposed to them or did they call you up one day?
1: They, this day. was a mutual thing where yeah. they were like, hey, we want to bring you down for coaching. Cuts. When I got nabbed at the border for my second run of WWE for the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. I was eliminated the first round. I was supposed to uh, be on the show to f- do filler because yeah. you take 16 matches. Now you only have 8 matches so they needed filler matches. Right. I was supposed to work with NXT and I was also supposed to coach for the full week when I went down. So that was right. 3 jobs that would have been fantastic. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, lady, the border lady said that I was not allowed to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She just decided it's, that it was not not my day in the sunshine. Okay. Just, were you driving all the way down? No. Flying? No. I was flying. Flying out really? of town. Yeah. I had my ticket. Was, wow. Had all my paperwork, but she just decided that this is not your time.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. It's, it's,
0: that day, there was one time I, um, my, my family's Irish, and there's this little Northern Irish band called The Answer. Yeah. If you've ever heard of them, but they they got this awesome like gig opening for ACDC. Nice. And they were playing here at, at like the Skydome and several years ago and they got held up at the border and I met the guys a few years, a few years later and they were talking about it because now they're playing like the horseshoe tavern. It was like yep. their headlining show and they're like, yep, the biggest gig of our life and we got stuck at the border. Stuck at the border. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, the- hey, which blows my mind because we're all human beings. We're not, I get where they want to protect Protective right, but citizens, I mean, but yeah. let's let's be honest. Like, you know, like your papers in order. Got then? my papers in order. Like, I like it's, it's just a power a trip. Day. It's a power trip. So and, I mean, you couldn't have gotten a few days later or something. Or I was, was like, I on a, I messaged thing? them. I messaged like Adam Pierce. I messaged yeah. uh, office, and I said, "Listen, I'll just get my gear. I'll throw it in a car, and I'll drive to the Detroit border. I have no issues there. I'll just cross, and I'll go." Yeah. But no, they said, best not. Because if you get caught and you get banned, because I was just flagged. Now, flagged is on for a year. You can still cross, but they give you a hard time. Banned is five years not allowed Uh, over those invisible lines, which makes it so silly. Crazy. That's way it is. Um,
0: so tell me how you adopted the name Papa Dukes.
1: Uh, I didn't adopt the this boys, thing. The boys, the again, boys I mean. have given me this name. Yeah. I think it's just because I'm an old man. It's basically <laughs> why why they do this to me. I, I don't I don't understand them. I don't understand why they got to be like that. <laughs> um, I guess I guess because I try to take care of them all. I try to make sure that everything uh, flows well. And I don't do it for my own my own uh, personal gain. I do it so that they can have the best they can out of it and just have a different approach i love the new kids and then they're new they're ambitious and they have cool ideas and great ideas Mm -hmm. because why wouldn't they with all the outlets that you can see you can watch media anywhere now Mm -hmm. but i do like to uh add a little like a little bit of like a spice of old stuff right right? where you it's more gritty a little bit little nastier a little Mm -hmm. uglier and so um i'm always open like if they tell me to watch their match they're gonna watch their match if they want me to uh let me let them know how they did i honestly without without judgment i'm not doing it to judge them i just Mm -hmm. try to i want them to have the best run at their stuff as possible Mm -hmm. so good or bad bad, i tell it's a sign of respect too Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: um
1: I saw also on your Instagram you got some new ink. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tell, yeah. Us,
0: uh, tell us what's
1: what's going on there. Uh, the, I got a chest piece done okay. uh, on Monday, so we're gonna see how it holds up today. Um, there's gears in it. It's a tattoo just for me because I have okay. all my stuff has got to have some kind of meaning. I'm not gonna like I, I like if somebody has the Broncos on their arm. Yeah, I right. like I don't disparage you guys if right, you want. Right. Whatever you want on your body, that's your body. You do your thing. But I can't just put something on there that has no significance right. to me, right? I'm like a Broncos fan one day. And the next day, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my tree on my, on my left arm is my father who passed away. Okay. And I, it's kind of like the tree of life and a Viking kind of thing. So okay. I feel as though we're Vikings, um, my family is. And uh, the roots, in the roots, hidden in the roots are my two older kids – Their initials are in the roots. And then on one side, the one kid, where his initial is, it's a winter. The tree's winter. So that's because he's born in December. And the other one's summertime because he's born in July. And then on this side, I have the the three animals and the the gorilla, the horse, and the dragon. And that's the zodiac signs of all my children. So that's when they're born. Should have been a monkey, but I kind of wanted to be tougher than a monkey, being my little guy. Um, And the last... The one on my chest is uh, I, I kind of debated for about uh, eight months to a year deciding if I wanted it because it's just for me. Right. So it's it has my gears because I'm known as the wrestling machine. So I, I'm i like, I don't know. And then it's a, it's a skull and then it's a lucha mask to represent professional wrestling, right. of course. And the wrestling mask is... Tattered and torn, and there's a skull behind it, and that's I live and die by this thing, right? right? Yeah. And the machine gears, of course, is because I'll never Are stop you doing. You're going
0: make it. your way all the way across. I think
1: I'm just leaving it right there. Okay. I don't. Like, I think my wife would kill me if I went across.
0: <laughs> I will because you posted a, a photo recently too, like of a, an older photo of yourself, mm. and you had no tattoos. None. So you must have when, what age did you decide to
1: to start? I started at thirty five. Okay. And thirty five, and I probably would have had them earlier. Like I wanted one as soon as I was eighteen. I'm like, man, I want. Yeah. yeah I yeah. want to get some tattoos, but my father said, "Listen, uh, the same thing. He's like, you gonna you gonna put Mickey Mouse on your arm because yeah. like in two years you're gonna oh hate God. Mickey right. Mouse. That's it. Yeah. And like, what what's the sense of having Mickey Mouse there? And then I was like. The old man is right. Yeah, because it wasn't. He says, "You get, you think about it. You get what you want, mm-hmm. but you make sure that that is in your head. This is what you want yeah. for life." And I was like the, when he passed that as the old man. I was like, "Yeah, I do these going on there. The old man's going on there." Yeah. So that's. It just started from there. Right. And now it's kind of like. They say you get one, you get more. You get, you get hooked. Because you get hooked. And it's yeah. like, listen, if you don't have a tattoo and you're kind of humming a horn over it, don't do it because you will get addicted. Okay. Yeah. Addicted I to I have it. one,
0: and yeah. I've already
1: thought. <laughs> Jones in for one? Because once one, it's like, yeah. how, how is it? Now tell me. Okay. You got the one as soon as – I only got you,
0: it like a year, year and a half ago.
1: Okay. Yeah. So now once you have one and now you go online and you see one of your buddies, and, oh, man, I got this new ink done yeah. up. You, you're you just immediately – you're just like, if I just message him right now, I wonder if he can get me in the next month or two. I'd already
0: messaged one of my guys. Like he just got some new ink and it's good. So I was like, oh, he's got a good guy. Uh huh. Because um, I got my first one over overseas. Okay, but uh, you know what? No, it was actually I had about three ideas before I got my first one. Yes, so now it's like, well, I might as well get the three ideas. Uh huh. Yeah. The
1: might as well, might as, well as well is always my get list. you every time.
0: Yeah. My my biggest always thing was you know my parents. Yes. Hate them. I don't
1: know. Yes, my, my, mine, mine, mine definitely were, were.
0: I always got the not while you're under my roof.
1: Right. So, yeah. Yes. Now, so mine I'm was not under the roof. So. Right. You got your own roof. You got yeah, your own so body. You know. know. But same with my parents. My they didn't say exactly that, but they just brought it to, it to enlightenment, saying. You know, you're, you're going to, to be stuck with that. Yeah. So make sure that you, like, you will love it forever kind yeah. of deal. And I'm kind of one of those people, if you see my stuff, I'll always change my gear, i always change my hair, i always right. change my look. So and I'm always, because I'm not even that, I just get yeah. really bored. Right. right. So these things on my body are things that I love and hold and right. cherish. So, so basically... That's why I've
0: heard people, I've heard that people who get them, like... A place that you're looking at all the time. They get sick of those ones more than
1: you would. Without a doubt. If it's on your hands and stuff like that, you will get sick of it. Guaranteed. Yeah, Yeah. So my guy is out of Windsor, so I actually have to... And he's super, super busy. He has his own shop, but he only works in there himself. Okay. So he's super busy. So I got to make sure that I, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. Because I'm not driving, because I live in London. I'm right. not going to drive two hours there yeah. just to you know, hum and haw or something. Right. I want to make sure that I love it.
0: Yeah. One of my buddies, the, the, one of my buddies just got, and it's amazing, but it's one of those things that's like, wow, that's commitment. Yep. He got like Bruce Willis from Die Hard.
1: Oh One my is, God! I'll, I'll show you a
0: picture after. It's yeah. amazing. Like he adapted it so it says "Live Hard" and it's like, Bruce Willis with like teardrops.
1: Stop it! it yeah, it's
0: pretty amazing. But I was like,
1: Dude, you got Bruce Willis on your damn arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, but it's, like, it's one that's like, I'm glad you got that one. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> yeah. no, I'm like not yeah, even drunk. It's my favorite movie of all time. But, right, you know, right. You know, like, I love Bill Murray, but I'm not putting <laughs> Bill Murray anywhere <laughs> near that's my it, body. Gosh. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's right, that's right. Okay, before we wrap, one, one more final uh, question, and it's because I'm a big music guy.
1: Yep. So one thing, ever since I was
0: a kid, I was intrigued by the entrances, the music. Yes. What, what do you think is the greatest entrance theme of all time? Oh.
1: Or wow. one, up, one, up one of, one of. One of, one of. Oh, wow. Um, the guy that used to work for WWF in or WWE. Yeah, It doesn't work there anymore. Jim Johnson, he, and yeah, amazing. amazing.
0: And well, those CFO guys are awesome
1: too. Right, that without a doubt, without a doubt. Like the Oscars entrance right now is oh, probably yeah. my favorite right now. The yeah. the little guitar riff where it's yeah. kind of choppy and stuff. I
0: love Alistair Black's.
1: It's amazing. Oh, yeah, like the the amount of that was talent. That's like
0: one of my favorite songs.
1: Right, that, that right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I was so excited when I went to the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm like, man, this music. Yeah. Like they're gonna give yeah. me some sweet music. And then it was just like, I like it. Stand- or but it, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it yeah. wasn't it wasn't what I want. it was right. I was expecting something and it wasn't that. But okay. they were playing all uh cuz we had a couple days down there.
0: Yeah.
1: They were playing the whole time glorious. Oh, Yeah. The right I mean, first, and we yeah. didn't know who we thought yeah. it was yeah. one of the guys. Yeah. Because everybody was addicted to it, even then, before yeah. they even showed it. And we didn't know it was Bobby Roos. Nobody knew what Glorious, who had Glorious. Yeah. And we thought it was Zack Sabre. Uh, and I, right, we were right. so mad at him. Yeah. Like, screw you, man. Music. The best music ever. I was
0: at the... He debuted, I think, that music at that takeover that yes. was in Toronto. Yeah. And he had, like, the choir and everything. Yes. And it would, like, open the event. And it was just, like... It kind of set the tone for the entire thing. It blows night. your friggin'
1: mind. Yeah. It blows it's your like, mind. It didn't even matter if the match was good or, nope. or not. Nope. We it's all like, the pageantry yeah. of it, right? Like it? Nakamura's, yeah. uh, what's his name? Ali uh, England. His violin uh, solo is so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love violin. Like, yeah. I'm a huge fan of violins. So if they're done well, I'm yeah. like, oh, Ray this Ray guy's Ray is so Ray good. Ray good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Isn't good. Yeah. brilliant. But like, I would say in the past, so if you're thinking yeah. classic, classic yeah. wrestling, the best without a doubt, because. Every one of their songs back then is like, this is a thing people don't realize is they they personalize them to that character. Yeah. So that's a, that's really hard to do. Before before you finish, even, yeah.
0: There's so I, I listened to uh, an interview once with Samoa Joe, okay, where he literally told them like I want Godzilla sounds and I want it to sound like I'm in a Godzilla movie. Yes, and he had them redo it apparently like three or four times or something.
1: Without a doubt, and, yeah. They, Why you wouldn't
0: want, you? Exactly, you want right. it to be exactly. Yeah, I
1: wanted yeah. I want that music to hold something with me, right? right. Like, like the Nakamura, like the Glorious of Bobby yeah. Roode and stuff like that. So uh, the most traditional one, if you're thinking of like – okay, there's two. There's two. Okay. There's one that's classical and it really fits, but that was his own – he picked it and that would be Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah. That is always going to okay. be the classic of all yeah. time. And the other it's one. Yeah. Right, right. But the other one that that always blows my mind is Ultimate Warriors. Oh I my, can yeah, still yeah. listen to Ultimate Warriors. Yeah. As soon as you hear the That's symbols the and yeah. those symbols just smash, smash, smashing yeah. together. And it's, simple. it's just chaos. Like, simple, is, simple yeah. but it's chaos. Beautiful. It's, it's the
0: same with like Steve Austin. Steve
1: Austin. And without a doubt. The thing is, have always
0: got to. The best ones are always that one with that drop, right? At the yes. Yeah, so yes. The glass shattering. Yes.
1: Because if they're
0: interrupting something... Like the it's same with like the Bret Hart. The pop,
1: like that Attitude that Era, they, they, they did that music too. Like, I don't know how they were so... Yeah they're they're just geniuses yeah. right they're like artists that are like absolute geniuses and don't in my opinion more people should know who they are and what give them more credit yeah. because that just didn't come out of thin air nice. they like no. they it's, there's a lot of thought there's there. a lot of thought yeah because they want you to pop at the very first yes note. at that first yeah. note and yeah. you know how hard that is to do yeah. so when the glass breaks everybody knows it's austin when they yeah. hear that real high-pitched guitar Uh, Like, chord, it's Bret Hart coming out. As soon as they hear that squeal or sensational Sherry's voice, you know Shawn Michaels. It's just, it's all of it's brilliant. It's like brilliant.
0: Yeah, I asked the same question too. I used to write for a magazine and I interviewed Kevin Nash once. Yeah. And I asked him the same question because the NWO music was amazing. Oh, so good. And he was like, man, it's just porno groove. And
1: <laughs> right, right. He like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it with WCW. They did yeah. that a lot, right? Because yeah. I know, I don't know where they got their sound bites from. Yeah. But Chris Benoit, who's always been one of my favorites of all time, yeah. that's an actual porno No. Sample. If you listen to that, Mm -hmm. that's an actual porno music. Wow. Yeah, that's straight up. And he asked,
0: so I'm going to ask you the same question. Kevin Nash said to me, I always wanted to enter the Pearl Jam. Yeah. Obviously, the licensing. If there was no licensing, nothing like that, what would you pick to have? your
1: your See, that's, that's a tough one. Probably, like, I've done it for years. And I think if you look on his Wikipedia, like Johnny Cash's Wikipedia, I'm actually on there. So really? if I could do – yeah, because uh, I used to use God's going to cut you down right? Okay. Uh, for my old man because my old yeah. man lo- – me and him love Johnny Cash. Yeah. So I really, really – it's got a sentimental value to yeah. me yeah. more so than – you now, it doesn't get you pumped up, but it really sets the tone right. of like coming in and just mm-hmm. like mangling a human being, right? So God's going to cut you down. If I could have that, if I could have used that at WWE, would have made – like it would have been something, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that was my, that's that was Superman. my tone. That's my pace. That's how yeah. I. That's how I roll. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be Johnny Cash. Cool, Tyson yeah. man. Thank you for. Hey man, thank the time. you it's very much. Awesome. Cool, man. awesome. Thanks, brother. to you,